pins and needles until that call comes. You are hired and the future becomes bright. The parents of a young person in the military learn of a battle right where their child is serving. And they're afraid to breathe until an email comes and it says, I'm all right. Three little words can change everything. And the second verse of the 23rd Psalm reminds us that the Lord has given us three little words that can change our lives. It says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me. That's what God's promise is for your life and for mine. He leads me. That is, God is very real. God is very present. God is very personal. God is very much there for you and for me. And if you believe that's true, then these are words of confidence and comfort and assurance. But if you don't believe it, then you're doomed to wander around trying your best to find some kind of life that really matters, some kind of difference that you can make with your own life. What does it mean to believe those three little words? He leads me. That's what I want us to talk about together for a few moments this morning. I want to talk about what it means to know God's in control. That your life is being led by someone who loves you and cares for you more than you can possibly imagine. Because if those words are true, then everything changes. You see, if those words are true, then we can be sure of his presence. The 23rd Psalm, the shepherd Psalm, reminds us that a shepherd makes a personal commitment to the flock. He will be with them wherever they go. If I belong to the flock that is that flock that is called together by Jesus Christ, then one of the things I know is he is present. He's here. He is with me in my life. There is no such thing as a shepherd once removed. There's no shepherd who will say to an assistant shepherd somewhere, you go out and you look after the flock and you meet their needs and you take care of them and you know them by names, but I think I'll just stay back home today. And I'll relax and I'll take it easy and I really don't care that much about them anyway. To to call yourself a shepherd is to say, I am going to be right where you are. You are. A true shepherd is found where the flock is. Where danger and difficulty is there, they know the shepherd is with them. The shepherd never says, I will be once removed where your life is concerned. I learned something as I was preparing for this message that I never knew before. Now, some of you great Civil War buffs probably know this, but I never did. Did you realize that during the Civil War it was possible to be a soldier in the ranks and never be exposed to hardship or danger or difficulty or fear. You see, there was a special arrangement that was made during the Civil War with the Army, and it was simply this. If you come from a well-to-do family and you have plenty of financial resources, then you can hire somebody else to be a soldier in your place. They will go in your name. They will serve as you are supposed to serve. They will participate in the battles that you are supposed to fight. And you can stay home where it's safe. In fact, the arrangement was such that if you hired someone to go and serve in your place and they got a promotion, you did too. 
If they received a medal, you received one as well. If they got some kind of commendation, you got to claim it for yourself. And in fact, for the rest of your life, you could claim everything that happened, happened to you. Even though you were never there. Isn't that an amazing thing? The Lord never says anything like that to us. He never says to us, now look, I'm going to send somebody out and they'll take care of you and they'll look after you and they'll be there for you, but you don't have to worry about it. I won't be there personally, but I know that somebody's going to be there. You know, it is amazing to me sometimes that we all want to talk about or people want to talk about this whole idea of having a guardian angel. You know, I have a guardian angel and he's right there beside me. I have a guardian angel and he sits on my shoulder. I have a guardian angel and he's invisible, but he's right there. I have a guardian angel. Wouldn't you rather say, I have a living Savior. And he is present in my life. And in the person of the Holy Spirit, he indwells me. And wherever I go and whatever I encounter, my Lord is with me. With me. Man, that is so attractive. So appealing. So biblical. So true. My Lord is with me. The Bible tells us that he leads me. I don't know what's going to happen in your life. I don't know what's happened to this point. I don't know what the future may hold for you. But I do know this. He will be with you. He's with you. Whatever obstacles you face. No matter what you're going through. You can know he is with you. The Lord is present. That's why Psalm 46.1 says this. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. And there's three more powerful little words. A very present help. Very present. Had a great vacation this past week. Thank you for the privilege of being away. I'll have to tell you this. Greetings from the beach. It was wonderful. <laughs> Every day the sun was shining. Every day it was I got to be, uh, for the first time in uh, several years, we almost had our whole family together. Everybody got to be there except my daughter-in-law who had to stay behind and work. What a terrible thing. But the rest of us were all together and we had a great time. And uh, this was the first time with our little grandson, J.D. <laughs> I get to tell stories now. This was his first experience with the beach. And it was a great time and we enjoyed introducing him to the beach and teaching him how to catch crabs at night and taking him out to good places that we enjoyed and just kind of sharing it all with him. It was wonderful. I'm glad to be his grandfather. He calls me Doc. You know why? Because that's what my daughter-in-law decided. But what if I had said to somebody else, look, I, I like this grandparent business, but hey, you go look at him. You go take, send me pictures, but I don't really, I don't want to get out in the sun. I don't want to go out to the beach. I don't want to get around the sand. You just take care of him. 
just doesn't work that way. The Lord is present. He is our very present help. It's why Jesus came to be Emmanuel, God with us. God has told us that we can be sure of his presence. And he's also told us of our purpose, that God has a purpose for your life. You know, it's funny when you think about it, a lot of people spend a lot of time wondering about God's will for their life. I'm just trying to find God's will for my life. I want to follow God's will, by which they usually mean, I just want God to give me a road map. This is what's going to happen next month, and a year from now, this will happen, and then I'm going to take you to this place and that place. And, and unfortunately, the problem that sometimes can happen with a search for God's will is we're really saying to the Lord, look, if you'll just show me then I can take it from there. If you'll just let me know what's coming up, then I can handle it. I don't really need you to be around while I'm carrying out your will. God's not nearly as interested in you searching for his will as he is that you know his purpose for your life. And what is his purpose? His purpose is he wants to lead you. He doesn't want to send you. He doesn't want to commission you. He wants to lead you into the future if all we got was his will that would be like being sent out on a spiritual scavenger hunt but being left to kind of figure out things for yourself God doesn't want to turn you loose and send you out there instead he wants to lead you the Lord's made a commitment that he'll lead you. You may not always understand where you're going. You may not know what will happen next. There may even be times when you feel like you're walking in the darkness. But in every situation, he will guide you if you make a basic choice. I will follow where he leads. Rather than saying to God, give me a map and send me out, you need to make that basic decision. Wherever he leads me, that's where I'm headed. I will follow his guidance in my life. Not I'll follow if I like it. Not I'll follow as long as I understand. Just I will follow. That's why James 1.5 says this. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. If you're not sure, ask God. Christ's purpose for your life is not that you understand just what he wants you to do, but that through everything that happens, you make a commitment. I will let him lead me. This morning, if I ask you the question, has your life turned out exactly the way you thought it would? Probably not a soul in this room would say, you know, it really has. It's been exactly the way I thought it would be. I have always lived exactly where I expected to live. I have always done exactly what I expected to do. I have always been around the people I expected to be around. Everything about my life has been so predictable. It's all turned out exactly the way I expected it to. Nobody would say that. Instead, we might say, might say something like this. I have encountered obstacles that I never saw coming. There have been times when I have struggled in ways I never thought that I would have to struggle. There have been blessings that I could not have anticipated. God has guided me in directions that have been such a great blessing, but I didn't realize they were coming until they showed up. 
What has happened? I have decided in my life, I'm just going to let him be the one who gives me direction. He's going to show me his purpose for my life. And through everything, I will follow him. I've done it so far, I'm going to do it the rest of the way. There's a third thing we see in this verse from the 23rd Psalm. And it is simply this. He has revealed his position. He has revealed his position. A leader can only be found in one place. A leader is always found in the front. That means that whatever the flock encounters, the shepherd always goes first. The shepherd will be the one who leads in the directions in which you need to go. He knows the way. He shows the way. And all we have to do is put him first in our lives. And that's the problem, isn't it? Sometimes. Too many times. We'll do everything except put him first. Too many Christians struggle in their personal discipleship because they've made a basic decision that just kind of keeps them all messed up. And that decision is this. While I want Christ in my life, I just don't want him in front. I want to know he's there. I want the assurance that I have the salvation that that I'm anticipating, that, that heaven that God's promised us, Rich. But I just don't know that I want him in front. In fact, the honest truth is... I want me in front. I want me in front and I'll go where I want to go and I'll do what I want to do and I just want to know the Lord is there with me. Even our prayers so often reveal a heart that wants to be up front. We stop to pray and what do we say? Very seldom do we say, your will be done. What do we say? Lord, here's what I want. Lord, here's what I need. Lord, this is how you ought to act. God, this is what I want in my life. I want to be the one in first place. Here's the problem. The Lord only leads from the front. He has no interest in any other place in your life. Let that sink in for just a moment. The Lord only leads from the front. And when you say to him, look, I want you there, but I don't want you to lead, then the Lord says to you, then I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Remember all of those times in the gospel when First one person and then another would come to Jesus and say, I want to be your disciple, but here are my conditions. First, I need to go here. First, I need to do this. First, I need to take care of my own priorities. And what would Jesus say to them? He'd say, you're not ready. You're not ready. Until you hear that basic command that comes from Jesus Christ into the life life of every person. Who when he says to us, follow me. Follow me. Until you let him have the place that he deserves, he will leave you on your own. Now I want to be really careful 
about what I'm saying to you this morning, okay? I am not saying if you're a Christian and you reject his lordship and his leadership, then he will take away your salvation. That is sealed and settled. What I am saying is this. But if you are a Christian and you begin to say to the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't want to follow you. I want to lead the way myself. Then the Lord's just going to be quiet. Until you're ready to follow. He will step back and wait until you put him in the only position he's willing to accept. And that is the position of Lord. Through those three little words, he's also described his plan. His plan is green pastures. And still waters. God's plan for you is always the best. When you hear that phrase, it may not mean that much to you and to me. In fact, it probably means, oh, I memorized that verse somewhere when I was probably four years old. And I know about those green pastures and those still waters. But let me tell you something. In ancient Israel, green pastures were hard to come by. Most of the world was described as three kinds of things, sand and dirt and rocks. And that's pretty much what you saw every day. You got up and you saw sand and dirt and rocks. Sand and dirt and rocks. And you would take your, your flock out and try to find some kind of pasture land for them, some kind of scrabble of grass that's growing somewhere so that you can provide for them and try to help them survive and thrive for another day. But sometimes, sometimes that shepherd would come around, uh, come upon green pastures. And if that same place had fresh, clean water, he knew he was the most blessed of men. Green pastures and still waters simply means this. Everything you need. Everything you need. God has promised he will meet every need. He will show himself faithful in ways you cannot imagine. And it's so that you might live in spiritual abundance. And never settle for less. God has a simple plan for your life. He has that same simple plan for mine. You know what it is? He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. And he will if you let him. God wants to bless your life. Now understand, when he's talking about green pastures and still waters, he's not promising you that you're going to live a life of material abundance. He's not promising you that you'll never experience physical want or hunger or thirst. What he is saying is this, but he will meet your spiritual needs in abundant ways. And there may be times when you'll look around yourself and you'll recognize, if I just look around at the situation I'm in, the circumstances surrounding me, 
I won't feel like I've got that much. But when I look within myself at the presence of God and the fact that he will not leave me alone and that he'll always guide me and I can constantly trust him and he's going to care for me and he's going to protect me, I recognize I am abundantly blessed. There's never a moment when he's not there. So how can you experience green pastures and still waters? Well, you really only have to do two things, but you have to do them with nothing held back. And those two things are things you do because Jesus told you they're what you're supposed to do. The first thing is this. You have to listen to his voice. John 10, 3, Jesus said, the sheep hear his voice. That means you listen to what God is saying. He never pushes. He only leads. He never comes from behind and shoves you forward. He leads you forward and you listen to his voice. That means you have to be paying attention to what he says. And then secondly, you have to follow his call. Jesus continued and said he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. In other words, you follow unconditionally. You simply say to him, you lead the way and I'll follow you. I hear your voice. You call me. You're going in front of me. I know that wherever I go, whatever I do, you're going to be there. I trust you completely. We have a shepherd. He leads us. That's what we need to know. He leads me. And I guess that's my question for you this morning. Does he lead you? That is, do you belong to him? Have you made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord? If not, maybe today's the day when you need to trust him. You need to say to him, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins. Give me everlasting life and lead me from this point forward. In a moment, we're going to sing an invitation hymn. It'll be your opportunity if you're lost to come to know the Savior. I'll be here at the front. Dr. Hutchins will be here at the front. We would love to greet you and introduce you to Jesus Christ, the Savior. Or maybe the Lord's calling you to become a part of this congregation, to become a part of this flock called First Baptist Church. And today you need to come. Maybe God's dealing with you in a very special way and you just need to come and say, look, pray for me because I recognize there's a way I need to follow. And God's been talking to me very specifically and today I simply want to say, I surrender. Is there a decision that you need to make today? As we stand and as we sing, as God speaks to your heart, you come. Let's stand together. Let's sing.
Let me ask you to be seated again just for a moment. Miss Barbara, come and join me up here. Many of you have gotten to know Miss Barbara Smith over these last few months as she's been uh, actively involved in our worship and involved in Sunday school. And today she comes bringing her letter to First Baptist Church. And we're so excited. And she's bringing her letter from the Spring Hill Baptist Church in Mobile, Alabama. And Sarah, you know very well what a great church heritage that is. And we're just so grateful that she's coming to be a part of our fellowship. And if you want to let Miss Barbara know that you're excited the Lord has led her to First Baptist, you just say amen. amen. And that's the church's way of saying welcome. Thank we're, you. We're glad just, to be here. We're so glad that you're going to be a, a full-time official part of our church. And we're just looking forward to blessing you and you blessing us. And together we're going to serve our Lord. And you're going to want to speak a very special word to Miss Barbara in a few moments uh, to let her know how glad you are that she's come to be part of First Baptist Church. So Judith, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to help her make her way up to the lobby, and she'll be there in just a few minutes so you can greet her and welcome her to First Baptist. And let's all stand together. And we'll have a closing prayer and then after our final song, you make time to stop by and welcome Miss Barbara Smith to our fellowship. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you're the one who leads us. Thank you that you don't send us and you don't commission us. You lead us. And we follow you. And we find and follow your purpose. And we trust your protection. And we depend upon your guidance. So bless us, Father, as we serve you. Help us, Lord, to keep close to the shepherd who loves us and the one who gave himself for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 